4: Jimmy Garoppolo story has started to gain a lot of legs. This report earlier this afternoon out of New England, Dale Arnold, who has been a New England Boston reporter for over 30 years, he is the host of Bruins Games on Nessen, uh, has got the blue check mark and he puts out earlier today what I've been told by a reliable source. The Patriots are working on a new contract for Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, that could lead to a deal with the 49ers. The same source who correctly told me Tom Brady had signed with Tampa Bay. Doesn't mean it'll get done, but they're working on it. So here are the Patriots potentially working on a deal to get Jimmy Garoppolo back from the Patriots. Wait a second. Who told you two nights ago that this was what was going to happen as we got closer to the draft? Who tweeted out at this point the Niners have to have a plan in place to trade Jimmy Garoppolo back to the Patriots? Who was it that said that that has two thumbs? Oh! Oh! This guy, we told. I think we you could find that we, we
5: discussed this very topic. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, two months ago, oh right after the goodness. Super Bowl ended. <laughs> By this the way, guy. Don Don Yee is obviously <laughs> making the call since he's the agent for both. But that's mm-hmm. a whole other thing.
4: Uh, two days ago, if the draft unfolds, the Niners trade Garoppolo back to the br- b- trade Garoppolo back to the Patriots. So instead of expensively moving up for a quarterback, the Patriots get one. For way less, and let's be honest, this makes sense with everything we know about the Patriots, right? Do the Patriots like to trade up? No, 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 no. I'm doing by Mike Harmon. No, 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 no. Patriots it's don't want to trade you up. Yeah, and all the conversations that they've probably had in the past few days. Hey, you want to trade up to nine with the Broncos because now the Broncos technically are out of the quarterback market. They traded for Teddy Bridgewater today. Uh, We've we'll got to go up to four with the Falcons. Hey, uh, you like that You like that 28-3 crap you've been running on social media. You want the fourth pick? Yeah, yeah, blank you. <laughs> We're not trading it to you. Oh, go back to the 28-3 Super Bowl stuff, man. Go back. Go back to that. So ah, they you know traded the to them if
5: the price was right. They just have to sweeten the
4: pot maybe a little bit more. So you know the Patriots have tried, and now that this is their angle, this is what the Patriots like to do. Hey, we don't have to trade up. We can keep our draft pick and we can get Jimmy Garoppolo, who, oh, by the way, Bill Belichick wanted to keep over Tom Brady three years ago. Uh, Yeah, this is absolutely the Patriots thing to do. And make no mistake, when you think about this war between Brady and Belichick, and it is a war, Brady wins the first round. Hey, I went someplace else and won the Super Bowl. Now Bill Belichick has to prove that the Patriots are safe. Hey, come back here, we can win. They make big signings in the offseason, they bring back some players, they bring in some free agents, and now here's Garoppolo, The guy that Tom that I knew I wanted to win with over you. This is the biggest blank you that you could possibly have with the Patriots going out and getting a quarterback. Forget about trying to win with Cam Newton. Yeah, no, that's great. Jimmy Garoppolo is, yeah, you see this, Tom? Watch what we do this year. That was great you won last year, but you know, you don't have that many years left in the NFL. I'm going to be around here for a while and now you see. Now we're going to see how we can win with Jimmy Garoppolo instead of Tom Brady. We're going to swing the pendulum of that conversation back to, well, maybe it was Bill Belichick in New England. It wasn't so much Tom Brady. Look at now that he's got a guy that can throw a little bit. Remember, uh, Belichick wanted Garoppolo all along. Here was his guy all along. And even though I'm not the biggest Jimmy G guy. When he has played, he has done fine. He's not been unbelievable, but he's done fine. He brought the team to a Super Bowl, even though he had a craptastic playoff games. Uh, this guy has still achieved more than anybody else that the that is out there for the NFL if you want to make a trade for him. And if the Patriots say, well, it's too tough to trade up for a Trey Lance or a Mac Jones or, or Justin Fields, well, you know what? We're just as happy. We'll redo Jimmy Garoppolo's deal. We'll do it for another three years. We're absolutely fine. And I'll go win with this guy Blank you, Tom Brady. Don't think that's not a big part of what's going on right now with the Patriots and trying to bring Jimmy Garoppolo back. And I took that personal. (laughs) I think you obsess on this perhaps a
5: little more. I'm not saying it's not a factor. I just don't think that it... Consumes Bill Belichick as he walks around, you know, in his hoodie. Maybe he's got a a robe with a hood like he's Darth Vader uh, that he wears when he's not on a sideline. I don't know. Uh, Look, uh, first, uh, I have to ask the question if they were to explore a trade with the Falcons, can they put a clause in? The Falcons that all right. In addition to this compensation, whatever the draft picks are, uh, on social media and in the press, you can never mention twenty eight to three except on the fifth, tenth, twentieth, twenty fifth, or fiftieth anniversaries, <laughs> or something. To, that by then all be, prin- look, by then all an principles should be legit. either
4: dead or old as hell. So we could talk about it then. Yeah, uh, listen. N- none of this third anniversary. And that's a load of cr- no, Not the seventh anniversary. We can do fifth year anniversary, tenth year anniversary, fifteen and twenty. That's what we'll give you. But any other time, we can't talk about it. Just seems like you could
5: negotiate that
4: into a contract. As for Garoppolo <laughs> himself, as you said,
5: twenty four and eight lifetime as a starter. Completes almost sixty eight percent of his passes. He's an efficient guy. He's a good quarterback. The poor guy just can't stay upright. Mm-hmm. And when, when you're looking at, uh, you know, obviously one of the things that was in your tweet, we talked about it was, oh, Denver's going to make a move. And we've been talking about Teddy Bridgewater to Denver for a while. Right? You've got a defense with Von Miller coming back, all those offensive weapons. Not that he would be able to necessarily best utilize the downfield, and we'll get into Bridgewater more. uh, But in terms of that deal, or to bring in Garoppolo, who would be, well, much the same, right? With the occasional shot downfield. And now that that's off the table, well, where does it make sense? If you're picking a guy number three, you're giving him the keys to the kingdom and having. Um, Garoppolo there with his $27 million a year contract, because that's what you got left, uh, just a couple of years left on this deal. Uh, 26.3 cap hit this year, 27 next year. Dead caps, not very much money uh, at all uh, the way it it breaks now. So if you can uh, reconfigure things and make it work, New England's back, at least in what should be competitive. Look, they were 7-9, and, and and they were discarded as trash by most people. Who didn't bother to watch any of their games, by the way. Uh, Except maybe they saw Cam Newton in the one superhero uh, one yard short like it was the uh, Kevin Dyson play all those years ago. But beyond that, people didn't have the eyes on the Patriots. They just disregarded them. And Belichick did one of his best coaching jobs ever. Now you get most of your defense back. You look at what they spent on offense. Uh, Cam, a year removed further from injury he's got no money you're into him for nothing really on the grand scale of things so now you bring jimmy garoppolo in and help and let him run run the show yeah i mean you're right back and may, maybe not quite to buffalo but you're certainly uh ahead of the other two teams in your division and, and right back in the playoff mix so yeah go make it happen it, it makes all the sense in the world and all those people that didn't burn their Jimmy Garoppolo jerseys or send them to Goodwill. They could bring it
4: back out of mothballs and and, and wear them proudly. Jimmy. And I will tell you this, Tysha, first of all, you get an F minus. That's the first time you play one of the Jimmy drops. We've been talking about this for like ten minutes. That's the first time? Really? I was
2: very captivated by the conversation. That's that's
4: never stopped you before, and I think you're eating. Okay? So just just, (laughs) What do you mean? Let's let's be (laughs) sounded like you were finishing something you're I'm just gonna eat the first few minutes of the show, not worry about it. Wow, that was maybe. <laughs> but I'm being—I'm telling you the truth on this, Mike, and this, you know me. This is this is me telling you the truth, right? You know me, Jets fan. Does the Jimmy Garoppolo move make the Patriots better? Of course it does, right? He's got to stay on the field, but it does make the Patriots better. And do I want to see the Patriots better? No, <laughs> I got enough to worry about with the Bills and the Tide. No, but. I so want this to happen just because the drama of the Belichick Brady Garoppolo triangle this year in the NFL would be so incredibly awesome I can't even tell you it's look, gonna man, draw I you. like chaos. Drive so That's much all that conversation matters. yeah oh, this is the best man I don't care I don't care if it makes him better I want this I think look Zach Wilson's gonna go to the Hall of Fame so I'm fine with that but wow. really I want this because it would be so great like I've gotten to the point where when I root for things in sports I go do I root for my teams all the way or board? Or do I root for what would make the show better? Ooh, up and forth. But this is something really. I absolutely. I, I really want this. I want Garoppolo to matter. I want him to go back to New England. I want to see if Bell If this experiment with quarterbacks can can work and it wins and it's really Garoppolo. Hey, he's going to win now, and yeah. then Brady's not going to win. Oh, I, I just want. I want it so bad. I really well, do. it's good to see another. To you you know,
5: another Illinois kid. You know, with uh, White Sox fandom,
3: uh, succeed like I have. So it's good.
4: Joining us now on the hotline, you can follow him on Twitter at Bucky Brooks. That is at Bucky Brooks, NFL Network reporter and insider. Buck, what's happening, man?
6: Man, what's going on? How you doing?
4: What's up? I've I, I wanted to talk to you for like three days since your since your take on the Ravens going collegiate with the quarterback situation with the with Lamar Jackson and maybe Justin Fields. I'm glad we got to talk about this tonight.
6: Uh, yeah, that's. That's kicked up quite a bit of dust. <laughs> it's all good.
4: No, dude, I love the I love the thought on it because it's something different, and it's oh, could a team actually do this in the NFL? No, obviously the Ravens aren't because they decided, hey, we're going to pick up the option on Lamar Jackson. You know, I look at this, and we talked about this last night. We spent a whole segment on it last night, where I said, you know, it sounds great, but boy, the pressure of being right. When you go quarterback to quarterback, if you're going to kick one quarterback to the curb, if you're a team like the Jets and can't draft quarterbacks, man, ooh, I I don't know about that. That's the toughest part about you have to be right because you can't sign like five guys and say, okay, in college, hey, these five three- or four-star guys are going to come and battle it out, and as long as one of them winds up being good, we'll be okay.
6: Well, you know, I I think if you have a system that's a proven system that has been known to elevate quarterback, it could work. For instance, um, we can talk about Kevin Stefanski and what the Cleveland Browns were able to do with Baker Mayfield, right? Kevin Stefanski and those guys also had Chase Keenan in Minnesota. And so you have seen a number of quarterbacks play in this Shanahan type system and have success. And so if you're a team that operates like that, you can look at your quarterback and say, is my quarterback good or is he great? Because I don't want to overpay for good when the prices for great are too much. So, if I have a situation like that, maybe I just move on, find another quarterback that we can put in the system and have a lot of success.
4: Do you think a team could do that? Do you think a team would actually take a stab and go, hey, we're going we're gonna to make this try to happen and do it and have some kind of revolutionary system?
6: Uh, I, I think if you asked Sean McVay to do it all over again, he would have done it with Jerry Goff. I think if you look at some of the teams that have been hamstrung by the bad deals that they've done at quarterback, yeah, I think it is. Uh, a system that will eventually be in place. I would say the Jets basically did it with Sam Donald. Rather than pay Sam Donald the money, give him the fifth-year option, sign him to an extension to kind of save face, they're like, eh, we'll go get another one. And that's what they get. that's what they're going to do on Thursday night. So you're seeing teams take that stance where I'm not going to overpay for the quarterback. And, look, I, I think it's a part of the collegiate model. You have to be willing to do it particularly if you don't have a high-end quarterback.
5: Speaking of Sam Darnold, once again, he forces Teddy Bridgewater out of town. Uh, Bridgewater goes to Denver uh, where he'll, quote-unquote, battle Drew Locke for the number one spot. Uh, I think the way it sets up and the way Vic Fangio wants coach, it's all about taking uh, the turnovers away. Am I reading this wrong, Bucky?
6: No, that is it. Like, here's the thing. We can talk about Teddy Bridgewater in a bunch of different ways the one thing that Teddy Bridgewater typically doesn't do, he doesn't turn it over. So when you're a defensive-minded head coach, the first thing that you think about when you're up approaching the game, how can we not lose the game? And so he's like, well, Teddy Bridgewater won't lose the game, so that'll give us a chance. Now if I can find a way to beef up my defense, if the running game is tight, hey, maybe we can find a way to go 10-7, and 11-6, because we haven't given games away. With Drew Locke, And some other quarterbacks, man, the gunslinging is great when it works. But when it doesn't work, it puts your defense in a bind. I think part of this is Big Fangio saying, I just need the quarterback to be good enough. Now I may be able to take number nine and go and get another defensive player, and just put the ball down, and maybe we can close ground on our division rivals.
4: But the thing is, Buck, with Teddy Bridgewater, watching him last year. He had all the weapons in Carolina, and there were games when I said, he can't throw the ball 10 yards. I mean, he, he, he's like Roethlisberger at one point where every play, if it's not three yards past the line of scrimmage, it's not going to be a complete pass. Is he still have the, the arm to be able to make those throws?
6: Well, I mean, I think, look, around him, he's no different than Drew Brees. Drew Brees can throw 10 yards. The better the weapons around him, the better that he'll play. And I know a, a lot of us have assumed that, oh, Carolina has great weapons. Christian McCaffrey didn't really play. They do have Ronnie Anderson and, and D.J. Moore. I don't know if those guys are elite wide receivers. And so, look, it's on him to be able to make more plays. I think it would be interesting because, in Carolina, they swapped out Katie Bridgewater for Sam Donald. And we've given Sam Donald the biggest pass of all for three years. Mm-hmm. At some point, Sam is going to have to show us that he can play because we like him as a guy. We haven't criticized him. But at some point, I do want to know if Sam Donald can play because for three years we haven't seen him really put up any numbers to warrant the consideration that we've given him as hey he just needs more time, he just needs more help. Now it's all Sam Dollar Kenny Play.
5: Well, to get the stink of the Jets off him. Okay, uh Stop. quarterback Carousel, <laughs> I, I gotta call it what it is. Bucky knows that's true. <laughs> right? You gotta get away from that organization.
6: So let will I mean, see if they screw it there, up tomorrow. There, <laughs> yeah, there is there is definitely something to that. Let's see what it looks like, uh now that they appear to have a different head coach different coordinator They see if they can get the stink off all those guys that have been playing up there for a while.
5: Well, and I know they borrowed the sagebrush from Kyrie Irving while he took a night off from, from basketball <laughs> as well. So so they got some of those demons out of the room. Uh, look, and, and Shanahan said we all may be dead on Sunday, so this all may be a moot exercise. Yep. Uh, yep. But what what are we doing at pick three, and is Jimmy Garoppolo
6: going home? You know, I don't know. Maybe I'm one of the guys that's been a voice and thinking that they're going to try and keep Jimmy Garoppolo for one more year. Whoever they take at three, they're trying to try and redshirt him for a year before handing it over because if this is a team that really thinks they have Super Bowl aspirations, can you really be a Super Bowl team with a rookie quarterback? I know we talk about being a title contender with a on a rookie deal, but have we seen a Super Bowl contending team with a rookie quarterback as the starter? Man, I don't know. You have to go all the way back to Russell Wilson maybe when they were able to kind of do that. But that'd be different. I think when you're 22 and 8 with Jimmy Garoppolo, even if you don't love him, maybe you like him enough to run it back with him in 2021 before you punt on Jimmy Garoppolo. The bigger thing would be who is the quarterback? Is it really Mac Jones? Is it Justin Fields, Trey Lance? To me, I feel like it's Trey Lance, but man, I wouldn't be surprised if they say, hey, Mac Jones is the guy. But the thing that I would then say to Kyle Shanahan and others, Is there ever a time that you feel like Mac Jones is going to be better than the fourth quarterback in the division that includes Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, and Kyler Murray?
4: Bucky Brooks with us, NFL Network, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. Now, you mentioned Russell Wilson, and today Pete Carroll had a press conference talking about the situation with Wilson, who said my, my future is up in the air with Seattle, and he went over and over to say how he's in a fantastic place with Russell Wilson, that, you know everybody's on the same page, he's in a fantastic place. I look at this buck and I go, okay, that's Pete Carroll telling me that, but I haven't heard Russell Wilson say he's in a great place with the Seahawks. So how are
6: things really there now? I mean, I'm I'm sure it's been difficult. We've heard Russell take veiled shots, passive-aggressive shots, about what he wants to do uh, with the offense. I think here's the thing, and here's the rub, right? So I just mentioned earlier about Vic Fangio being a defensive-minded coach and how they approach the game. Pete Carroll comes from the same cloth. They want to play the game in a particular style because they know if they play that way, it enhances their chances of winning. Meaning, if we don't turn it over, we run the ball, we play defense, we have a chance. Well, Russell Wilson is a quarterback. All quarterbacks want to throw it all over the yard. Well, it has been proven in Seattle. When you let Russ cook, they don't win as many games. It just doesn't work from a organizational standpoint, them winning. And so can they reach a middle ground where they can throw it enough, but running and still have the conservative game plans that make Pete Carroll happy because it gives his team a chance to win? That's what we'll see. Shane Waldron comes over to be the offensive coordinator. They're run that... Ram's version of the Shanahan system. And so it'll give Russell a little more structure so they can throw it a little bit more but still have the running game element and maybe the low turnovers that they want.
4: NFL Network Analyst Bucky Brooks. He's on Twitter at Bucky Brooks. You want more Bucky Brooks? You got him tomorrow night along with Jay Glazer, LeVar Arrington, Kevin Burkhart live throughout the first round of the NFL Draft beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern right here on Fox Sports Radio. Pick-by-pick predictions, reactions to all 32 first round picks. That's Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. Bucky Brooks, Jay Glazer, LeVar Arrington, Kevin Burkhart right here on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Our show follows like it always does after the first round. Bucky As always, thanks so much, man. We'll listen to you tomorrow night, man. See you, bud. Hey, man. Appreciate you. Talk to you soon.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific.
1: Hey, I'm John Middlecoff, and I host the Three and Out podcast. Do you like football? Do you like the NFL? Do you like the NFL draft? Quarterbacks? Coaches? Well, I talk about it all on the show. I used to work for Andy Reid as a scout. Now I give you my unfiltered and raw opinions on everything that goes on in the NFL. And you know we're talking college football because of how important the draft is year-round. Listen to the Three and Out podcast with me, John Middlecom, on
0: the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming!
2: Terms and conditions apply.
4: Here we are. We're the night before the draft. By this time tomorrow night, we're going to know the bulk of the picks in the first round. And so here I'm going to come out. This is my first round top 10 mock draft. And I feel like I can hit 70 to 75% of these picks. Feeling good about it, huh? I'm feeling good. Well, because you, in theory, are getting spotted 20%, like right in your name. No, 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 that's, that's yeah, like putting your name on the SAT. Exactly. Points. No, I'm still going to take those two. I've got to get them right, though, right? They're still picks of the draft. I've got to get them right, don't I? I mean, I, I, can't, I can't biff them. i got to no, get I, right No, I'm, ju- I'm, ju- I'm just saying you're being gifted yeah, 20%. Yeah, that's okay. And, you know, I, everybody could use a little help now and then. I think that's okay. I was just going for, for the a little specificity of, the of it all, that you weren't you know, drawing out of thin
5: air that no, the no, uh, no, couple of teams, including your Jets, yeah, no, no. it up.
4: Uh, they've Look, already given you the, the answer key. No, no, no. It, 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 this is like when I graduated college and my mom said to me, okay, you have two big loans to repay. I said, yes. She said, I will split them with you. I'll pay one. And you pay the other. And I said, "Really?" She said, "Yeah." She said, "Which one do you want to pay back? The one that was for twenty-five grand, or the one that was for ten grand." I go, "I want to pay the one that's ten grand." She says, okay, great, because she has planned on doing it all along. You need everybody needs help with that, you know. I got to, so I said, "Okay." I mean, it took me like you know twelve years to pay back my loans, but still, you know, I tagged them aggressively. And if you took yeah. out loans, pay the damn things back. <laughs> you signed for them; it's your responsibility. Stop shirking it. <laughs> All right, so obviously the first two picks will go Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, the Jets, Zach Wilson. It's not even a debate anymore, yep. and it's like I'm already thinking about Zach Wilson's quarterback of the Jets and everything going on, and it's fun, and I'm Jets, 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 Jets. The third pick in the draft, this is where things are going to change a little bit, and the 49ers, because of the way things have been going, if they were going to stick with Mac Jones – I don't think we would have gotten the stories we've gotten over the course of the past uh, three to four days. And for the players who are out there, there's been a lot of talk about, was it Mac Jones? Now they're away from Mac Jones. It's Trey Lance. It's Justin Fields. When it comes down to it, I'm going on a tiny bit of a limb here. The Niners are going to take Justin Fields. When it comes Ooh. down to it, that's the guy they're going to take. I'm about a limb with the th- with the third pick here, when it comes down to it, he's the guy they're going to go get. He was the late riser, he was the guy that everybody loved. He was the guy they went to go see for his second pro day, and after the second pro day they saw him that's when things started to change. When you heard well, there's some people in the organization that, like Mac Jones, some people don't. It happened after they saw Justin Fields at his second pro day, so I'm going justin fields third to, to San Francisco.
5: Stealing my thunder. So it just in that vein, I will go Trey Lance over Mac Jones. Uh and looking at the upside, the long, long view uh for the 49ers. Although, you know, they're they're in that interesting crossroads is that if everybody's healthy and and, God, how many hamstrings and problems did they have a year ago? If everybody can stay upright on the offense, you've got some explosive players. No question about it. Uh, defensively, we know they are stout. Uh, so it would make sense, as Bucky Brooks was saying, to do the one more year with Jimmy G, uh, which uh, will be maybe we'll find out in the next 24 hours. I'm not sure. But I'm going to go with the long-term future project of Trey Lance at number three.
4: All right, so there's our picks through the first three, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. At four and five, Atlanta's going to try to trade. and This is all barring trades, obviously, because these are the guy teams that have the picks. Atlanta at four will take Kyle Pitts. It's going to be too hard to take anybody else but him, keep the offense rolling. Look, I I, I know they're, they're listening to offers for Julio Jones, but this is what you want to do. You need to score points in that division, and if Kyle Pitts is the, the franchise guy that everybody says he is, I can't see Atlanta going away from him. And then you get to Cincinnati at 5, and they'll take a guy to protect Joe Burrow. They'll take Panay Sewell. He will be the guy at 5. So 4 is going to be Pitts, and 5 will be Sewell to Cincinnati. And Cincinnati's not trading out because, you know, they don't. They don't do anything like that. So no. I'm feeling pretty good about four and five with Pitts and Sewell. See, I'm looking at Pitts
5: and it, the Julio Jones thing. Just has me wondering, right? Is Chase the guy there uh, with Cincinnati because uh, Sewell is obvious? It will not happen, and that's where Jamar Chase comes <laughs> off the board. They go get Joe Burrow another weapon. Why? Because they they think they can still get quality offensive linemen rounds two and three. It's the Bengals you're talking about now. Remember, it's the
4: Bengals. Exactly. So Jamar Chase comes off the board at 5. See, I have him coming off the next pick to Miami. I mean, unless the bold prediction of we're going to take a quarterback and blank U 2 it comes true. Well, uh, true. That's where they go and say, hey, let's go get a weapon for our quarterback. Let's go get Jamar Chase. He's terrific. And then seven, I got Waddle coming off the board to Detroit. Hey, let's go get another weapon out there. We lost Kenny Galladay. If we're going to build this team up, let's see how things go. So I'm going back-to-back weapons at six and seven with Chase and Waddle.
5: I got Waddle going to Miami at 6, and then Sewell coming off at 7
4: to mm, Detroit. Very nice. Okay. So now with 8, 9, and 10, this is where things get a little weird, but not really. Because at 8, I feel really – I feel very positive after today, Carolina's going to go offensive line. And they, I, you know what? I'm not going to do it. Say I will it. let you I will let you say, say it, Mike Harmon, because he's your guy. Go ahead. You say
5: My it. guy. It's your guy. Because we match up on this one. It'll yes. be Rashawn Slater. Opted out this last year, but a beast from Northwestern. You've seen the video. You know, the big guy doing his 500 pounds while wearing glasses. And all his teammates around him cheering him on. Yeah, that, it's that guy. Uh, he's a road grader uh, and a guy that
4: they'll need uh, to help keep your guy, Sam Darnold, upright. All right, now here's where things get a little weird. Because Denver, if I thought Denver had the guts, and I really did. If I thought Denver had the guts, they would say, you know what? We're going to take Trey Lance. I really, if I thought they had the guts, they would take it and say, you know what? Yeah, we just traded for Teddy Bridgewater. We got Bridgewater, and we have Drew Locke, And yeah, we're going to go get we're going to go get the quarterback. We're going to have three guys. That's not going to happen. I can't yeah. see Vic Fangio doing that. I can't see the Broncos doing that. They got their quarterbacks for this year, so they're going to go J C Horn at nine, and then Dallas will go Patrick Sertan. At 10. Uh, so Tan, I like him a little bit more than Horn because the dominant potential he has. But they're gonna, you're going to see the, D, the DBs come off the board back-to-back with Denver and Dallas right there at 9 and 10.
5: That's what I, what I have them. It's just a question of whether they flip-flop. But either way, second-generation guys uh, to close out the top 10. It's,
4: it's really, I feel, I can't tell you how good I feel about this. No, my, my big question is, is number three with Justin Fields. It's really, that's where the draft begins, obviously. And all the talk about the three quarterbacks, it's what's what. But I just keep going back to the Niners started changing their minds after Justin Fields' pro day. So that's, got, that's a big, big deal to me right there. It's even more so than Chris Sims and the thinking and and talking with Kyle Shanahan, because I do firmly believe that that's where they were, but now they've changed it. And why did they talk about five guys they like at number three when you know you have your pick of of those top three quarterbacks at three? You know Lawrence is going number one. You know Zach Wilson's going number two. So you say you have your guy there at three, because you're going to take Mac Jones or Trey Lance or Justin Fields. There's no reason to not say, we got our guy, because you know how the first two picks are going to go. But the fact they came out and said, hey, there's a difference of opinion, I'm going with the guy that's rising and not the guy that's trying to hold on. Because right now, there's that faction in Denver that wants to hold on to Mac Jones, and there's a faction saying, hey, we got to go Justin Fields, man. This guy was great. This guy's coming. This guy's coming. I will always take the guy rising over the guy trying to keep his draft spot. So that's why I'm going Justin Fields at three.
5: Yeah, it's, it's the curiosity, right? Because there's been enough of the, all right, let's find out what's wrong with him. And, and I heard Daniel Jeremiah say it, and I and I and I like the philosophy of all right. Why do we keep tearing guys down and just saying all right? Here's the things that someone else does better. Right? <laughs> that this is why you may elevate someone else. So, uh, what, what's curious, you know, is, is you know where where does Mac Jones then? F- fall in this process how stark is it is a fall do we see a trade from chicago or one of these other teams when when they obviously have so many other needs uh but I, as so many people i know in my timeline just going the bears aren't really going to try to go into the season with andy dalton are they dot 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 uh, <laughs> and, and and likewise washington do they go uh, and and are they going to draft a quarterback? early or do they decide all right we're going to give it a, a big push this year we have the defense that's ready to go and and watch the neck beard do his magic you know because they did uh re-sign uh the their playmakers and and everybody from this past year so uh we'll, we'll see if what what comes to fruition there but yeah number three is is really the the one draft spot out of all of this that, that sends the dominoes falling. So maybe that's why they're so cantankerous. Uh, the weight of the world is upon them. And, you know, guys like me on the radio saying, hey, remember when they screwed up in 2017 and everybody called them genius, geniuses? Yeah, let's, let's go back to that. Don't do it again.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific
4: on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Jacob DeGrom tonight, six innings for the Mets, gave up one run, struck out nine, and uh, has had the beginning of a season that pitchers dream of. He's the best pitcher in the game. He tied Nolan Ryan's record for most strikeouts in the first five starts of a season, and he has been pitching incredibly well. His ERA is point five one. And you'd think, well, okay, with Jacob de everything is awesome, right? Yeah, he pitched great. Gave up one run. So what would the Mets win tonight? Like 3-1, 5-1, 6-1, 7 What'd they do? They scored a couple of runs for the guy, right? They did. Um, here's the final call. Barnes is ready. He kicks it, he fires. Curve, swung on and missed strike three. It's over. The Red Sox beat the great Jacob deGrom. The final Boston one, and the Mets nothing. Red Sox Radio Network. They didn't beat DeGrom. They beat the Mets. The Mets stink. Oh, my God. Their offense is terrible. He gave up the run. He oh, loses. their offense is terrible. Their offense is so bad. I mean, uh, uh, watching them the last couple of nights, watching Garrett Richards pitch last night, you would think it was Clayton Kershaw in his prime, the way his curveball was fooling everybody. I could have struck out Pete Alonzo four times last night. It was, it was so embarrassing the last couple of nights. And these aren't great pitchers that the Mets are facing. At some point, Jacob DeGrom is going to leave the locker room after a game. And he's going to finish talking to reporters, smile, and say, okay, see you guys tomorrow. He's going to go, and then... He's not going to show up at the game. The Mets are looking for Jacob DeGrom. Where is he? They're not going to find him for a couple of days, (laughs) three days. His family's going to go, we don't know where he is. We we can't find him. Where's Jacob DeGrom? Let's find him. He's going to be front-page news, missing pitcher. Where is he? The best pitcher in baseball. Where is he? And it's going to be a big deal for months. No one's going to find the guy. Where is he? Where is he? And then months are going to stretch into years, and years stretch into decades, and slowly that story's going to fade away, and there's going to be a report every now and then going, whatever happened to Jacob DeGrom? He walked out of the locker room, disappeared. What happened? Who did he talk to? Who did he see on his way out? Uh, Who did he, where was his credit cards used last? Where all of these things? And then like 20 or so years from now, some reporter is going to say, I'm going to try to find the guy. I mean, it's been a 20 year anniversary since Jacob deGrom's disappearance. I'm going to go find the guy. And he's going to follow a trail that takes him through the United States. It's going to be like Nomad Land. He's going to go through the United States, see all kinds of different places. He's going to go <laughs> up the coast in California, into Canada. He's going to go into Banff. He's going to come That's back. It's like a tourism
5: video there. Yeah, to, he's going to go down
4: well. into Big Sur. He's going to come back up. He's going to go everywhere. He's going he's gonna to be in, in the Appalachian Mountains. He's going to get everywhere. He's going to find himself at one point. In a really, really small, out of the way town in Alaska, where, look, Alaska, the biggest state, and he's gonna be all the way, like, at the tip of it. Like, not quite close to Russia, because that's close to someplace. Like, in the middle of nowhere, he's gonna find, like, this bed and breakfast. And he's gonna go, oh, well, I got to stay here. You know a place where people stay when they're going and they're going to go see the Kodiak Bears or something else? And he's going to go and he's, the guy's going to check in and he's going to see this guy checking him in who's going to be about in his early 50s and real thin guy with a real long scraggly beard. And he's going to say, hey, you're Jacob deGrom. And he's going to go, you found me. What, and he's like, what happened? Why did you leave? Every, the whole world's been looking for you. He's going to say, I just couldn't do it, man. I couldn't go out there every fifth day and lose one nothing and strike out 15 guys and have nobody hit for me. I was 2-2 two and, two and my ERA was .5 and the Mets stopped hitting. And the guys go, wow, I found you. Can I sit down with you? And he, and Jagram's going to pull out a big machete and go, you say one word about finding me here, and this is going to find the business end of its way into you. Okay? Do we have this. We have it clear now. You never saw me. You never mentioned baseball to me. You never mentioned the Mets to me again. My whole family is actually here. I got them out. Everybody who's back there, they're all imposters. I've been paying them for years with $140 million I got for the Mets to pretend to be my family. I got everybody here with me. You tell <laughs> one person. One person, I will find you. I have a special set of skills. I'm the Liam Neeson of pitchers turned recluses in the, in the in vast barren wasteland and wilderness with beards. I will find you. And the guy walks away going, I got to give him his peace. He never had it, so I got to give him his peace." And he walks away, and he, he, the, the end of it goes. He goes into his uh, manager's office. The manager says, did you come? Did you find him? No, man, there's no Jacob deGrom. Jacob deGrom is gone. And then roll the credits, and that's how the Jacob deGrom story ends, just like that.
5: That's next level right there. Yeah. So
4: he's operating a bed and breakfast
5: like he's Bob Newhart. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) There's one for the kids right there. Uh, Yeah, he's a St. Ignatius college prep Chicago guy. Uh, Like me, Uh, I'm nowhere near the metal stand of the biggest and best and brightest of the high school. But since the way you set it up that he was at a bed and breakfast (laughs) – yeah. I, I figured he was the proprietor and not a guy just hanging out there.
4: No, he's the only guy where there's, like, one guy that works for him that has no idea what baseball is. Like, there's one guy there, is, you know, and, and he calls him, like, uh, and, and he calls him Frankie, you know? Like, that's <laughs> – hey, you mean Frankie? No, let's shake him to ground. I know. I, he's been Frankie. He signs how my long, checks. He pays me in cash.
5: Yeah, but how long before he tries to force his way out? As much no, as he might, like, playing in New York, the idea of, hey, blank this. I, I should oh. be – uh having some, some W's uh, and should be eating a lot of W's to go with all my strikeout records and everything, right? Tied a record with, with one Ryan, number of strikeouts through five starts, all of these things and what's
4: he got to show for it? A lot of frustration. This is his 33rd career start where he allowed one run or less and didn't win the game. 33 <laughs> starts where he allowed one <laughs> run or no runs and didn't win the game. I mean, really, it's a, I, I, I don't know. This this is one of those days. That's a whole where I go, season. That that is a whole season. Uh, that's a whole of season's starts. worth of starts. Yes, yes. I, I there's days where I go. You know what? I need a break from the Mets. I it's early in the season, but I already need one of those days where I need I need a day because it's just so incredibly frustrating that Jacob Degrom they can't hit for the guy, and you know they can't muster more than two hits, and and they get thrown on the base pass. It's it's I, I, I need a break. I need like a big, which is quite great. The draft is tomorrow night. We're talking about yep. that. The Knicks already played tonight and they won, which is awesome. Cause now I'm checking the box score going, Hey, if the bucks go on a losing streak, the Knicks could climb up into third in the last 10 games yeah. of the season. I'm feeling really good. I can take a break from the Mets tomorrow, man. Say, I'll get back. I'll get back with you on Friday. Okay. But I need a break from you tomorrow. Cause this is just too incredibly frustrating.
5: Yeah. I mean, you have the Tom Thibodeau revenge game, taking down my hometown bowls. Uh, and, and, that battle, which we didn't really belabor. Uh, but what a day for the, the pitching efforts, right? We got Anthony Rizzo, who took to the mound for the yeah. Cubs and struck out Freddie Freeman in a 10 nothing win for the Braves. Uh, so that's the only highlight for the Cubs. I mean, we got to watch Clayton Kershaw in a uh, matinee performance, take care of business, In a big way. It's always fun when you compare him and DeGrom on a day. uh, Both take the bump. We should uh, have that as a national holiday. Add that to your campaign plans.
4: Mm, Wow. I'll tell you. It's. (sighs) And let it go and blow it out. There we go. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show
3: with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific.